Hi, welcome back to another episode of the Emo Social Club podcast. I am Brian. And I am Lizzie. Great. <laughs> Happy I'm to like, be here. Uh, we're doing so well. Yeah, we missed a week because Lizzie moved. I did. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I haven't had a door on my bedroom for the last probably like five, six years <laughs> since I moved back home when I moved to live off campus for all of one semester. And I came back and my family downsized and I lived in the dining room. <laughs> with some really nice curtains for five to six years and i finally have a door on my room and it is wonderful yeah what, a, what an adult life to live now i just need to find a dresser drawer oh my god this is the life i live what's up everyone it's still an improvement um so we are recording this uh right before we go to emo night la at subterranean which i would have told you about but we didn't have an episode so like you should just know follow 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 me on instagram also yeah. follow Emo Night LA on Instagram because they'll remind well, you. Go go click on our link tree that's now in our yeah, Instagram. Yeah, now you can find all of our stuff if you go to our Instagram profile. So I, I, I don't know if we're just going to push that as like our main hub. but So what all you do, if you're not familiar with Linktree, a lot of um, other major publications have something similar to a Linktree that they actually pay for, but we don't. Right. Um, we are broke. We're broke. <laughs> we make no money doing this. We're poor millennials. I don't know what you want from us. <laughs> And so it lists like all the ways that you can listen to us so on our popular platforms like iTunes, Spotify, and um, Simplecast. Mm -hmm. And then it also lists our YouTube channel. And it also has Brian and I's Instagrams. Mm -hmm. So you can at least find us there. And then from there, you can. We have all the sa same handles on Twitter. So yeah. put two and two together. You guys are good. You'll find you, You're us. all smart. You're all smart individuals. You're all yeah. great. You're listening bright. to this podcast. You're a super smart person. Exactly. Thank you for hearing us and making us have listeners. Um, I also put out a n another vlog uh, episode. This one I actually talked to the camera. It was very uncomfortable, and you'll notice that because I say the same words. Like somehow I went from like all the words that I know to I only know how to describe something with really good. And uh, oh. my friend's girlfriend was like, "You say really good a lot," and I was like, "Yeah, well, that's how good everything was." I, really I, good. You know what, what could benefit you is just writing a script, and then what I do is I Google other words that yeah. are similar to, and then I put in whatever word it is, and then I usually find another word yeah. that works. I, I agree that I should write a script. <laughs> I wrote a, a bare bones outline of what I wanted to do, and I'm like, I don't know. Vlogging is still something that like I don't know if anyone in Chicago gives a shit about, and so... I've I've actually gotten like fairly okay feedback on it. Like it's a joke. It's a goof. It's a right, it's a real yeah. goof. It's a it's a make 'em ups. Um but I I that's just kind of like who I am and I'm like I'm just going to try this and see what it comes out and while I was editing it I'm like, you know, what? this is kind of funny. Like I'll put it out. Like if I ever did something and I was I was thinking to myself like I don't enjoy this. I'm not really proud of this. I just wouldn't put it out. But I felt like it's strong enough, and I learned, and I know, yeah, I need a script. I need to do this next time. I still need to work on the autofocus of my camera because turns out my camera has bad autofocus. Yeah, I found that out from a review video, but I already own it, and I'm not changing my camera out, so it is what it is. Um, 
but yeah, I, I'm going to still do vlo- do vlogs. I'm thinking like every 10 days or so have a new one out. Because that's like, I, I don't have time to do daily. And I think that anybody who does is like, that's in a their business. full-time it's job. It's their business. Yeah. So like, sure, of course. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm even a week. It's like, I don't even have that many ideas. And I'm also in the process of moving now. So we swapped. Yeah, I the will be. Uh, there will probably be a week where we don't have another episode later this month. Because he's because he's moving, which yeah. is fair. It's fine. It sounds like it's going to be a great place. Oh, yeah. No, uh, the goal is now that like in this new place, um, I'm going to actually be able to build out like a studio type space um, so that when we get an episode together, like Lizzie and I actually will be in a room and like be able to film it more consistently. Depending on your schedule, of course, but yes, uh, yeah. So we can like have interviews and all that, and have like a nice place for people to come and and hang out in, rather than like just my living room now, <laughs> where it's just, just sort of like this is furniture that I had. <laughs> so uh, yeah, hopefully the the podcast itself and like all the stuff that we're doing and the stuff that I'm doing is all going to be looking a lot nicer, a lot more professional in the future. But you know, practice makes perfect, and exactly. uh, I'm still not perfect. They always so tell I'm still you practicing. there's always those multiple, multiple threads on Twitter. I feel that I've seen throughout the last six months, at least. That's like, oh, your first vlog, your first podcast episode, your first song is gonna suck, but you yep. have to keep going. And I'm like, okay, that's that's fair. I mean, my first video for class sucked, yep. and then I'm halfway decent, except my professor asked me dead ass during our meeting to go over my final TV film project. Do you have problems seeing with your eyes? Mm-hmm. I know you wear glasses, but do you have problems seeing? <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my God. Um, yes, I have death perception problems really bad. Cause everything was in focus or out of focus or just barely in focus. And he like just nodded his head. Like I understand now, but still gave me a B plus. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still a little bit salty. Uh. Like, you're going to get criticism if you do anything, and I understand that. And to a certain extent, I know that, like, even just putting something out there into the world, you're, you shouldn't worry so much that people are going to hate what you do. You should worry that no one's going to see it. But also, that should be the most freeing part of it, is, like, the times that you're doing the beginning work and the times that you're still learning and you're putting stuff out there uh, before you really know how to do it at yeah. all. Like, that's the stuff that no one's going to see anyway, so don't worry about it. Like, it's it's by the time that you're, like, really good and you already have this, like, back catalog that people are going to, like... I don't think by the time you're you're good at what you do, people are going to look at your back catalog and go, oh, my God, like, they were so bad. They're unless you go, say something dumb and racist. Oh, of course. Then, unless you say... Unless yeah. you're, you're just stupid like but that. But if you're... It, you know, don't do that. But if you're, don't like... Don't do that. I'm just making, like, videos and I don't know how this camera works and I'm just, like, I'm not sure how to script it. They're just not super interesting. People still want to see like the process of it, so I think that it's it's good to think that like yeah n- maybe no one sees it right now, but maybe one day you'll look back and go oh my god like this was so like baby little baby me learning how to do this thing and like now this is what I do you know more professionally or whatever like in any that's pretty much in any capacity. And I mean I will say I was contemplating maybe it's just because I finally got more into listening to true crime murder podcasts because <laughs> I don't have time to sit at home and watch ID Channel anymore. Um, <laughs> As I've done for, like, the last, like, God, probably longer than 10 years. Um, And I was like, what if I make a murder podcast, but I script it, and I have my friends. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) not to that extent. But I was like, well, what if I go over, like, you know, high-profile murders, but also include, like, spooky ghost stories? Because, like, I'm a big, like, supernatural person. Sure. 
And I'm like, well, what if we include that? You know, and I was like, well, what if I try to get some of my other friends who are, I have some really good friends who are really, really funny comedians. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony LaPerry, who's AJ LaPerry on Instagram, and Chris Caricature, who's C, period C Caricature. I don't know. It's something like yeah. that. But they're very funny <laughs> um, Western Chicago comedians. And I've worked with them in the past on like school projects because we all went to the same undergraduate college together. And they produce really great stuff and they're really hilarious. And I'm like, well, do we do something like that where we have dumb like interactions <laughs> about historical murders? <laughs> Which it could work. People are into um, that shit. Yeah, that could work. Like you can do anything as long as like your personality shines through and you're interesting to listen to and you can. You know, how many people do you think of that are just like, I would listen to that person talk to me about anything? Like, they're just interesting, or they've got a good voice, or their personality is good, or like, whatever it is, there's like, I want to listen to that person tell me something. So it doesn't, yeah, it could be about like, these are all the the meals I've ever cooked in my life, and this is what they they all taste like, and you're like, damn, dude, like, that's a really funny podcast. Yeah, because you can be like, well, let me tell you the story of me making, like, this lasagna that sucked. Yeah. And it could be fucking wild. And you're like, Jesus (laughs) Christ, like, this is not how you make lasagna normally. What is wrong with you? You're, like, sitting in your car, driving around. It's like, that's not how you make a fucking lasagna. You're like, you you let the meat thaw in your car? This is a ridiculous podcast. I don't know. I don't know how to cook meat. (laughs) Well. I cook tofu because I don't know how to cook meat. Oh, God. So this is uh, this is a loose episode, as you can kind of tell, because we're What's just kind of hanging out, chilling. Um, yeah, but uh, for some reason, we're recording this on Friday, uh, July 5th. So a lot of new music came out today. And I was thinking today about, like, so maybe we should just talk about what we've been listening to lately. Like, maybe, maybe turn some of our, our, our fans or listeners on to some new music that maybe they haven't heard. And then I was like... I'm not listening to anything yeah, new like that, I, but maybe you are, and I just need to learn. We were just stuff. talking about this, and on my way in, I was listening to um, the My Favorite Murder podcast, most recent episode that was released yesterday, and as soon as it ended, I immediately just put on Yellow Cards Ocean yeah. Avenue and just started it from the top and ran it through. Like, somehow, Lizzie and I are still... Like, I would assume that most of our listeners are probably the type to listen to the, all the old emo shit like we do so like you're always like going back to these old playlists of songs from like 10 12 whatever years ago and then i'm like all right well let's talk about like new music let's like do something for everybody and like turn them on and like yeah this is this new band i really like them like you should go check out this album and it's like yeah i don't i can't think of any of those and i just listen to the same old playlists like i listen to newer emo i will say like i was listening to jetty bones while i was working the other day in the office and people were like please turn that down and i'm like absolutely not you keep playing old town road and all your country music as loud as you can you can listen to jetty bones like two two to three eps that last maybe 30 30 to 35 minutes in total can we just I'm going to take credit for something here on our podcast, yes. of our podcast, Whoa. is that we talked about Old Town Road before it was now the longest running number one hip hop song on Billboard. Isn't that wild? And Little Nas X also came out as queer at the end yeah. of like Pride Little Nas Month. X is like crushing it this he year. He truly made the biggest power move ever yeah. and he's doing so well and so proud of him. I actually really like, I think Old Town Road is a meme overall which 100%. fine like that's that's what well, we like, listen Panini to as music is now too. sure 
Yeah. That's what we listen to as music now in 2019 is memes. And that's that is what it is and that's fine. But he I just actually really enjoy little Nas X too. Like uh following him on Twitter and all that like he is just he's just a kid who like is having the time of his life. He has just quality meme content and yeah. he's just like this is life now and I'm going to do whatever I want yeah. and like take advantage of it. Imagine and he's not, being he, a kid and like getting all that success off of like a meme that you made. Just especially after you were listening to like, you know, I'm just a kid life is a nightmare by simple plan yeah. and everything. And then you're like, Oh my God, I'm Lil Nas X now. It could be either one. <laughs> so I take credit cause we talked about that issue with billboard and uh, kicking him off the country uh, charts. And I'm going to say that like, you know what? We were part of the media that helped him get to where he's at now. There by you saying, go. Hey, you guys haven't heard this. And uh, now you've heard it, and now you're like, I hate this song. But then uh, Bradley from Emerosa played it at Emo Night LA. That's so iconic. And everybody went crazy for it, and I was like, yeah, it's good. Is Brian going to play Sucker by the Jonas Brothers? I am emo? not. Wow. That's I, really fake of you. I will say that I have added, every time I play Emo Night LA, I add like one kind of like, it's like on brand, but it's also not specific to like emo brand. It's just sort of like, I like this song. Everyone's going to go off to the song, so I'm going to play it. It's fair. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is for tonight because you're wow. going, so you're going to have the surprise. Uh, actually, it's the same one I played at uh, Beauty Bar when I DJed there. Oh, okay. So it's the, sa- it's the same one. And okay. I, huh, I got you were at Beauty Bar that night, yeah, one night. I got, some, uh, I got some blowback for that, and I was like, you know what? Whatever. Everyone's having a good time. So I stand by my choices, and uh, as long as you're enjoying the music – Every night is emo night. I don't know. Wow, look at you. Just a walking billboard. On brand. So um, On brand. So what have we been listening to that's come out more recently? I, just before we started recording, uh, I was showing Lizzie two new songs that came out today. One was uh, Ed Sheeran's new song with Chris Stapleton and Bruno Mars. And I hate that like we can't play the song on the podcast so that I could give you reference of what this song is. So I would recommend like going and checking out this song to then know why I'm reviewing it the way I'm reviewing it. Yeah, it's a very if you listen to it and you were really into Ven Sevenfold and you <laughs> for some reason still are, he'll definitely dig it. So the song is called Blow, which I'm like, I hate that. And I it hate- sounds like Kesha's blow where it's a bop. It's no, like, oh no. It's like a Treyu's blow, which is <laughs> I was saying like so Atreyu put a song on, um, I think it was Lead Sales Paper Anchors. I'm pretty sure that was the album. And Atreyu had the singer of Buckcherry on the song as that a feature. That should tell you enough. And I'm like, yeah, this song sounds like it would have the singer from Buckcherry on this fucking song. And then I hear this song Blow by Ed Sheeran and these guys. And I'm like, this is the same goddamn Buckcherry song. Like, it's, it's, it's just like, to me, I would call it butt rock. I know that it's fairly like... Roots rock, uh, American rock. It's like, like Americana rock. Yeah, it's it's very like just guitar riffs and shit. But I I'm not into it, and I'm a I, I consider myself a pretty big Ed Sheeran fan. I very much appreciate Ed Sheeran, but like this this song, it's just not for me. Especially if you listen to the lyrics. So Brian showed me the lyric video of it, and I'm like, he didn't really just say that, did he? And mm-hmm. It's very cringy and uncomfy. So anytime you really listen to any Buck Cherry song, that's pretty <laughs> yeah. much how you feel. So if you yeah. ever listen to Buck Cherry ever in your entire life or like Saving Abel. Yep. Yep. Um, these are, if you're not familiar with these, these were kind of like in the same vein as Seether. 
God, maybe Ooh, some God, people don't in know. In the same vein as Seether? Le- well, okay, listen. Seether's first, like, It's three a band where they would sing, really like, good. they would sing, like, they listen to a lot of Pearl Jam. Yeah, Her but then they have her. some, but then they have some country riffs in it, and yeah. you're like, what the fuck is this? But I'm digging it. But I'm not going to tell anyone about it. Um, I don't dig that. I, to me, like, so, so a lot of bands have started to, like, write more music that's based... Uh, in in what sort of the Midwest or like the you know the Southern states would like or like you know you go on tour through America maybe you're not even an American band but you're going through tour in America and all of these other states where they don't you know have like indie or or pop or all that they they want to hear like this music and they're like yeah I'm, I'm gonna go see this band and they're gonna play like these cool guitarists and all that and I feel like a lot of bands have changed their sound to kind of meet that I would say one band that really did that was Asking Alexandria. Uh, Didn't and, uh, Danny Warsnop just do yeah, a whole ass like yeah. country so Jamie Warsnop, solo? Yeah, uh, uh, Danny Warsnop, sorry. Uh, he did a whole like fucking country thing. And like I saw him at uh, Summerfest opening up for like Hailstorm or somebody like that. That makes sense. Yeah, and it's like, well, of course you're 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 moving into this, but like you're some English dude. <laughs> like like yee fucking ha with I get a cup that you of can tea. Have, yeah, like there's no yee ha in, in England. All of our English listeners, please tell me if there's any yeehaw. Yeah, if you. you were an English listener, please let us know if there's actually <laughs> yeehaw. Because I've never been out of the country, but I doubt that there's any yeehaw over there. I doubt it. I know that Frank Turner sometimes calls himself a country singer. I mean, but I he's guess like I a folk singer. He's a folk country punk singer. Folk punk and singer, I mean, yeah. they those genres intertwine. Not punk, obviously. But those genres intertwine. Folk punk could. Very closely. Can we also mention how I was working yesterday in the newsroom and they had the the parade, the military parade that Trump had put on. And he made a comment <laughs> of all of us musically are tied together, whether it's rock, country or punk. And I'm like, I need to leave. I am not <laughs> cutting the soundbite. I refuse on yeah. my moral stance. I so I, I hear the song. I hear Ed Sheeran talking about i mean ed sheeran's talked about ladies before in other well, songs yeah. but it's like it's one of those songs where you're like would you ever speak to a woman this way and it's also like we get it you're not 12 chill like yeah hey i, I need um, you to calm down we'll throw some cold water on you like, i just uh, i just want to let everybody know that i've definitely definitely kissed a girl i just want everyone married? to know Oh yeah, it's your end. Like, oh well, see, good. yeah, he's but definitely like, like, guys. I am not a virgin. I swear to God. You know, and, and here's here's what I was thinking because I was trying to justify it. I'm like, okay, well, it's okay for like guys in rock music to want to be like sex positive as long as it's in like a a way where you're like, it's all under consent. It's all under like, yeah, we're all just having a good time, or I'm having a good time in a monogamous relationship, and I want to like express that. That is fine. And I'm like, sure, do that. But then I'm also like, man, fuck you. Like I don't want to hear it. Like I just from Ed Sheeran and from Bruno Mars and from Chris Stapleton, who I don't I don't know Chris Stapleton at all. But like, I, I'm just like I, I could call up my brother and ask him. He definitely know. He listens to Yeehaw music. I I don't want to know. I I think <laughs> I think it's like oh I should find out more. I don't I'm not I don't want to. I don't actually want to know any more than I already I know, know that at least when he's when um our country music station plays him and when the country music promo girls usually play them play Chris Stapleton it's like it's like the same like that rock country vibe because yeah. sometimes I'd hear it and I'm like oh this sounds like this reminds me of like Seether yeah and then I'm like no this is Yeehaw because then you hear that kind of twangy sound either yeah. in their voice or in the guitar 
And I'm like, what is, are you guys okay over there? Like, country is a giant genre. I get it. There's it a lot, a lot, a lot of money in There's also music. a lot of subgenres. It's because if you go, say, in the South, yeah, you will have radio stations. It's like, this is a country station, but is a country Western. Is a country top 40. Well, it's a country <laughs> rock. And it's like this country pop. We like, got country rock from rock. country rock block coming up for you. Um. I could not imagine. I could <laughs> not fucking imagine. But it, that's that's how wild, that's how big it is. Like, at least in the United States, in the South at the very, very least. I mean, I think it's growing around the world. Like, I think that it's it's a it's a very large international genre, I think. I, I, I'm i not looking up those numbers, and I never probably will look up those numbers of how well uh, country music is doing worldwide. I mean, I know at least it has to be within the top five. Sure. Next to, obviously, pop music. Rap and hip hop are like yeah. is like number one. I know yeah. that for a fact. That's gotta and be a I fact. know pop is probably number two. And I think R and B has been slowly climbing yeah. up a little bit. EDM's and then be up there. EDM is still a little bit up there. I think they, they'd probably be like a four or five. It's almost like pop music now though. EDM. Yeah, it's integrated enough that I yeah. feel like it would be grouped together at this point. And then I think that there is some like indie. I feel like indie would be like at the bottom, like at the five or four. It can't be that big. Rock music is just not. There's not a lot of money in rock music. And I feel like people realize that because <laughs> if you listen to most, or if you even look at most like modern musicians, I feel that they you they know that at least with indie music, like a little more soft sounding, a little mm-hmm. bit more ambient. People are like, people are going to want to listen to that, and I can sell that to people. Yeah. Whereas you have people in, like, you know, rock music or, like, in our scene, the emo pop punk music, there's no, like, big revival. There's not, like, the early 2000s all over again. So they're going to be more hesitant, I feel, to go in mm-hmm. that direction. And I feel a lot of, like, bands that are out now, like, local bands at the very least, they'll be like, well, we play sad songs, but we don't want to identify specifically as emo or pop punk. Because one, we get the we get the audience of both emos and indie kids, yeah. which is great, a great marketing, you know, technique by not you know just limiting yourself to one separate genre. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's also taking away credibility in the branding, also a little bit when it comes to emo and pop punk, because they're like, I don't have. It's basically them saying, I make this music, basically, but I don't have confidence in the scene like, to an extent. I feel. Yeah. And I understand that, you know, you want to get paid. You're making money. <laughs> a lot of people want to get fucking paid for what they're doing. I get it. But it's also like, own up to it. Even if you, like, get a record deal or you become big enough that you're playing, like, bigger stages like Lollapalooza or Riot Fest, at least acknowledge that, you know, your lyrics, your sound, your tone, the kids that you were bringing in to watch you are in the emo and pop punk scene. Because if you just say... We're indie rock. You're isolating a bunch of people. And I mean, your music may sound good, but at a certain point, you have to bring those kids along with you. And I feel like with emo and pop punk kids, they have this kind of like pridefulness with it Mm -hmm. that they're very much like, I'm sad, but I got out of it. But I still want to kind of like, you know, celebrate that I was able to get out of it and be with these people. But I want you to also be proud of it, too. And if you don't have that, I don't want to be a part of it because you're kind of like it's basically like that punk poser mentality in a sense. But emo, I remember when like emo, when it was kind of being like, you know, this is the name of this genre. Uh, 
people were like really like, yeah, that's not me. I don't want to be associated with that. It doesn't sound cool. It doesn't sound good. And like that's kind of changed, I think, over time. Like people are like, oh yeah, I remember like my emo days and all that. And to the most part, I think it's still like kind of cringy. People look back and cringe, but I also think that people are more owning up to like that behavior and that genre. I, I think that emo is showing itself more within the hip hop community now than it is within the. And we'll get to that as a new as the other new song that came out today that I showed Lizzie not thirty minutes ago. <laughs> but um, you know, it, it's more like showing itself there. And although there's a lot of like rock musicians who are putting their heart on their sleeve and writing really emotional, really like uh, tragic lyrics, I guess. But you know, they're 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 sort of like doing what the bands that they listened to before them did. But then saying, like, no, that's not me. And, like, that reminds me of, like, 2005 is, like, the bands that, like, we're just, like, we're just doing our thing. We don't want to, like, be associated with any genre. It's, like, man, yeah, but you had MySpace and there wasn't as much of the internet and people didn't have as many options. And people couldn't just, like, people still went out and bought CDs. Like, now you got to be, like, find your niche. Put yourself there. Tell everybody that you're part of that. Get on everything that's that. Like, Oh yeah, I would love to play at an emo night because uh yeah, I'm an emo band. Like that would be much better than being like I don't really have a genre. I don't really know what we are. I don't really associate myself with any of this stuff. Like it's communities. Like you're just part of a community or you're like I don't want to be a part of these communities. Well, and I know that there's been a lot of recent articles especially like citing that Billie Eilish has been breaking genres and has pr- pretty much like Erase genres, at least for the next generation after millennials. Is it? Yeah, Gen Z. Mm-hmm. And I find that really interesting because she does kind of blend like a little bit of like this spooky sense that at yeah. least I'm kind of intrigued by. And I listen to it and I'm like, I'm halfway there to being a fan. But also there's that like pop and rock like rap part that like I'm not super, super into. But because there's so much of like a darker emotional yeah. aspect to it. I'm drawn in, but I can't be fully caught up with it. But if you give it to Gen Z, I forgot which article it was, but I think it was by Rolling Stone. I could be definitely wrong, but I remember I seen a couple op-eds on this. And it was just basically saying, like, Billie Eilish is doing such diverse music mm-hmm. that, you know, Gen Z doesn't understand what genres are anymore. It's basically, yep. like, if it's in the same vein almost as saying, oh, people don't want to see, you know, gender is over, basically. Like, gender is over. Like, right. there's no... It's a binary, and, you know, it is. Um, any basic sociology 101 class will tell you that. <laughs> and I feel like it's the same way with music at this point, but I feel like there is issue when it comes to the communities at point with that because when you eliminate some of the genres, do you eliminate the communities that are involved with it, or do you start to build a bigger, more unified community. Yeah. And that's, I feel, where we're kind of struggling, especially us as older individuals, where we're like, oh, we grew up with this. Like, we know that that's how it's done, and that's what is familiar to us. If we need to just get used to the fact that we're no longer possibly going to have these, you know, like, here are the emo kids, here are the indie kids, here are the, you know, the rap kids. Here the new middle. Here's the insane clown palsy can stay over there. Okay. Yeah. They can. They are always going to be in their own corner. <laughs> they can stay there. Um. That's never going to change. But I feel like for us, as we keep going with this different type of music, we have to get used to kind of sharing it. And 
I think a lot of us older people who grew up in the emo scene have problems with that because people who listen to like the top 40 tracks or like, you know, popular rap artists like say like Post Malone or like Wiz Khalifa, Mm -hmm. those types of people when we were adolescents were really mean to us more often than not. And we have an issue, I think it's, it's more of obviously of a repressive issue because many of us are in our early 20s to like mid 30s. And I feel like that repression is manifested in saying like, why would I want to share that music that's very emotionally impactful to me with somebody who harmed me? And, you know, p- there are people in, you know, say high school, my my younger brother's in high school still. He just graduated actually mm. from high school. But he, you know, he's one of the jock kids, but he listens to, like, rap music. He was dropping me off at the train this morning to come down here, this afternoon, actually, to come down here. And I have no idea whom he was listening to. But it was, like, a very, like, emotional rap song about, you know, suicide. And I was Mm -hmm. like, what? I don't remember hearing this type of rap when I was in high school. And it was kind of weird because I never you know, super went into rap music, you know, and I've only just started to really dive into it. So to hear that and then to also kind of like put two and two together, be like, we're all going to be interwoven together, which is a really great thing, which we need right now as a society. But I feel like just because there's going to be obviously the older gatekeepers, we're going to be like, no, we have to stay separated. But if you kind of take the mentality, I feel, and cross apply it to how we are in general as a society, society. like going back to, you know, saying like, oh, gender is over. Like, would you want to keep dividing us and dividing us in the same way as that? It's like, you know. If you cross apply it and you look at it in a different framework, then you're like, this is kind of dumb that we've done this this whole time. Yeah, just open yourself up to change. Like, change is hard, but you got to do gonna it. Things aren't going to stay the same forever. If you haven't changed since you were 14, I'm going to tell you, you must you're have real mess. big problems. You're a mess. I'm not even going to say you are going to have problems or assume that you don't. You do. I know you, you do. You a mess. Um, the other song that I played for Lizzie was Post Malone. Uh his new song goodbyes where he becomes a zombie and granted I, if you watch the music video he doesn't look that much different he doesn't look that much self. different he looks like a i don't little, know why everyone in the music video is freaking paler. out as much but you know yeah theatrical um, effects i get it it's a it, it's a it's a post malone song i like post malone so i enjoy the song because it's a post malone song sad white boy singing sad stuff about a breakup and I'm like, yeah, Post Malone kind of like popularized a lot of that. Like, he really came in like playing more like dramatic. Cause even like, uh, uh, oh, what's the song? White Irison isn't like his like first big single, isn't even like a sad song about a breakup. It's just like, this is how cool I am. And then he had congratulations and it's like, look how cool I am. And then he's just like, yeah, but also like, it's hard out here and I'm sad. And like, I don't know. I think that he kind of made that sort of sound happen. And then people were like, well, I could put this with emo lyrics and it would sound really cool. And everybody would really like this. And then, well, I guess little peep kind of was also at the right. forefront of that too. Um, and like, I guess little Zan just, yeah. I mean, just cause, <laughs> cause yeah, he, they're, they, all they're all together. They're all there. I mean, there's a lot of emo hip hop artists now, um, which I am, I have no problem with uh, back to what you said before is like, I have no problem with that at all because genre should be just broken down and nobody should care. 
Um, if if you don't believe me and you listen to Enter Shikari, then you're wrong because Enter Shikari has never followed a genre. And look at them, they're fucking great. Um, yeah. So that, so like, there's some new songs that came out, and uh, I I've only really been listening to like new singles and like just checking them out, and then I just immediately go back to like the 1975. And now I can't stop listening to the fucking 1975. Wow, they're they're really good. The I mean, their really their good. latest album is very very solid. I will I will listen to it very up like pessimistically, because when I had first seen them, I saw them at a free show at Dirty Nellies in Palatine. So it's a that's a very very small venue with like a cap of <laughs> what like seven hundred or something. Uh, 1,000. Yeah, so a very so like a 1,000 cap room at Dirty Nellies. Yeah. I waited two hours to see them. It was a free show. And I saw them, and Matt Healy was lip-syncing half the time, drunk off his ass on stage, yeah. and I just was not impressed. And from then on, I think this was like, God, I don't even know, like maybe 2016? Probably. 2015, something like that. And from then on, I really wasn't into the 1975. And then the latest album came out, and my friend, who's really into them, was like, please listen to this. Like, just give it a chance. And I did. And I was so floored yeah. by how good it was and so shocked and surprised. Yeah. And I've only listened to the album in full probably once fully. But like I think week? it's such a good... <laughs> like when, when it first today? came out. No, when <laughs> it first came out. But it is such a good concept album. Yeah. And I think it's... it's it's done super well, and I think because it was also kind of like a comeback thing, they're like, hey, guys, I'm back. Matt Healy was like, I'm out of rehab. I'm doing great. And yeah, I'm like, good for you, dude. Now. Thank God. You can put on a <laughs> decent-ass show now. Proud of you. Um, but I think also, too, I've been listening to the new um, Vampire Weekend, the Father of the Bride, mm-hmm. and I think it's interesting that a lot of people have been giving it heavy criticism, and I think because, spicy take, indie kids don't like concept albums. And it's basically, if you listen to the entire album, it is a concept album. I mean, it's called Father of the Fucking Bride. Yeah. And... Even I could tell that somebody had a high-minded idea of what they were writing. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> if you listen to, like, the first, like, three tracks, it's very much like a setup. Like, oh, like, I, my marriage is falling apart before it even does, and I don't know what I want to do with my life. Like, it's an existential millennial <laughs> crisis. And people are That's like, this is, for. like, them being a jam band. But most of their songs, except for, I believe it's, like, two or three of them, all of them are like under three minutes, if not under two minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's very punk, yeah, in essence and ethos. And I think that it's gotten such heavy criticism is because with a lot of indie music that at least I have listened to in the last few years, and that you know my coworkers listen to, and they accidentally play on my Spotify, so I listen to <laughs> it um, because I live it up at work, and I listen to it on the more on when I'm walking to work in the morning to wake me up because it's slow enough. And, you know, usually for a lot of newer indie bands, I feel that there's no, like, story or direction. Where in the emo music, there's always, like, a story or, like, some background. Like, you listen to, like, any MCR album and you're like, there's a concept there. They're almost all concept albums. Mm -hmm. And Vampire Weekend, Father of the Bride, is a concept album of kind of, like, getting old and freaking out what you're about to do as a millennial. And I feel like it was so... Not really real or like too like in your face with millennials, but I feel that with the indie kids listening to it, that they were like, I just it 
I don't want to say it was too real in too much of what they are actually going through that they don't like it, but I feel that they're so removed from the adolescence that they had of the emo <laughs> genre and the concept yeah. albums that they're like, I just want to listen to the singles and what's new and like what's new in indie music so That's I can kind of stay up to date and be like that hip that hip hipster kid that I always wanted to be. It's not always about albums anymore. It's just about singles. Which is, you know, tragic. Um, so that's a, it's a, it's a bit of a quick episode. We have to, we have to run over to Emo Night LA, yeah. but, uh, hopefully you enjoyed hearing us talk about new music that came out and about our lives. And, uh, we look forward to seeing you next week and, uh, hopefully new stuff comes out soon that we're working on after we are now settled in our apartments. I'll eventually be settled in an apartment and hopefully we can get our shit together and do some cool stuff with you guys. Very well. And, uh, appreciate your time. And from all of us here at the Emo Social Code Podcast, I'm Brian. I'm Lizzie. And goodbye. Bye.